Welcome into Locked On Now NHL, local experts on the biggest stories on the ice. I'm your host, Kainani Stevens. Thank you for making Locked On Now your first listen every single weekday. We've got our NHL hosts here. They're ready to recap everything for you from last night. We're going to start with the best performance we saw. One of hockey's greats hit a new career mark. Best performance. Hold up, hold up, hold up. The Capitals got the win last night, and Alex Ovechkin hits another career huge milestone in helping his team get the win. Locked on Capitals goes over Ovi's big night. Hello, this is Dan Homie from Locked on Capitals. Dan Caps 218 on Twitter. Wow, what an amazing evening for Alex Ovechkin in the Washington Capitals as Alex passes Yamir Yager to get goal number 767. And uh, Yamir Yager had a message for Alex after the game. He says, as you know, I didn't retire from hockey yet. And there's a chance I might come back to the NHL and start chasing you. Wow, what a cryptic message from Yamir Yager. And I wouldn't past him, put it past him to do that. It was one heck of a game. It required a shootout. Eventually, Anthony Mantha gets the game winner in overtime. But it was a game that was memorable for one player in particular, Axel Janssen Fialbi, as he got his first goal in the NHL. Keep it locked on to Locked On Capitals, and I will keep you updated on all your news on the Washington Capitals. Locked On Capitals, your team every day. The New York Islanders salvaged a point by pushing their game with the Capitals into overtime, but one point isn't really what New York is looking for at this point in the season. Locked on Islanders tells us how New York's inconsistent play really cost them against Washington. Gil Martin of Locked On Islanders here. Islanders fall to the Washington Capitals 4-3 to three in a shootout. They get a point, but they certainly need more than that going forward. Uneven game for the Islanders. At times, they played very well defensively, but then in the third period, things just opened up. They gave up too many goals trying to protect a lead. We're just giving up way too much space in the neutral zone and had too many breakdowns. And then, you know, Anders Lee ties it late, but overall, the Islanders, when you get into shootouts and you get into overtime, they don't have the skill players to stay with a team like the Capitals. And even though it took seven rounds or eight rounds of this shootout, the Islanders fall and can't get the job done. Some encouraging signs. The offense is looking better. But overall, this team just doesn't have what it takes to get the job done consistently this season. For more, listen to the Locked On Islanders podcast with me, Gil Martin, wherever you get podcasts. You always want to start a road trip on a good note, but the Dallas Stars did the exact opposite of that on Tuesday in Toronto. After the Maple Leafs picked apart Dallas through 60 minutes of hockey, Locked On Stars recaps why the Stars just couldn't figure it out. The Dallas Stars came out on their first game of their road trip and laid an absolute egg in Toronto. What's up, everyone? Dane Lewis here with the Locked On Stars podcast, coming to you after the Dallas Stars loss at the hands of the Maple Leafs on the road by a score of 4-0. to The Stars getting shut out uh, by a guy who made his first NHL start in Eric Schalgren. Uh, I mean, it's just a tough night all around. The Stars had 35 shots on goal. They had some good looks offensively, but overall could not really find any consistency or comfort in the offensive zone. Like I said, they did get some looks off, but overall this was a game that Toronto really controlled the pace. They controlled the tone. 
from the drop of the first puck. And the Stars could really just not catch up at any point in the game. Jake Ottinger had some really nice saves, have had one of the better acrobatic saves that you'll see all season in the third period when the game was all but lost. The Stars already down 3-0. This one's just a tough pill to swallow and an absolute rough way to start out this road trip. Thankfully, this is the best team of the four that the Stars will play while they're away from home. They do have the Montreal Canadiens up next. You do have the least amount of points in the NHL, but that was the case when they played at the American Airlines Center a while back, and we all know how that game ended. Uh, so hopefully the Stars can get things turned around. Hopefully Jake Ottinger can continue to keep his mojo and his swagger because he's still playing pretty well, all things considered. He has been a little bit shaky, but not having Miro Haskinen on the defense certainly leaves this team with a liability on the defensive end. Really, they just didn't seem very comfortable on the ice. This game went very fast, and it just seemed like the Stars could not keep up, allowing 40 shots on goal for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Also not going to benefit Jake Ottinger in that situation. Tyler Sagan still on the hunt for his 300th career NHL goal. Jason Robertson unable to best his brother Nick in their first matchup together in the NHL. Maybe whenever these teams meet up in Dallas, it will be a different story. We'll be breaking down this game in its entirety on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Stars. We will see you there. The Maple Leafs got a shutout last night, and it came from a rookie making his first ever start in net. Locked on Maple Leafs has more on the big night for Toronto's young goaltender. The Toronto Maple Leafs came away with a 4-0 victory over the Dallas Stars. I'm David Morrissey from the Locked on Leafs podcast. Making his first career NHL start, Eric Schalgren had a memorable night, making 35 saves to beat the Dallas Stars. John Tavares had a goal and an assist as he took Austin Matthews' spot on the top line with the Leafs' top scorer out for two games with a suspension. Jake Ottinger was also up to the task for the Dallas Stars, making 36 saves. Unfortunately, the Stars just could not beat the 25-year-old rookie who was making his first career start in the NHL after spending time with the Marlies this season and being called up and only getting into this game because Jack Campbell was injured and Peter Mrazek has been struggling lately. Uh, what this means going forward for the Toronto Maple Leafs remains to be seen. You have to think he'll get the next start against the Carolina Hurricanes, but all things considering, Leafs fans probably breathing a sigh of relief to see the team actually play better on the defensive side with Ely Lubushkin coming up with six hits in this game. Rasmus Sandin also scored a goal to get things started. A nice one that beat Jake Onger early. We'll see what happens going forward, but you have to think that Shalgren will get the next start when the Leafs take on the Carolina Hurricanes on Thursday. We'll have more of a breakdown on the latest edition of the Locked on Leafs podcast. The Rangers picked up a win in front of their home fans last night in overtime thanks to one of the best power plays in the league. Locked on Rangers explains what makes New York's special teams so dominant and what they did to beat the Ducks on Tuesday. Hey, what is going on, hockey fans? It's John Chickliff, Locked on New York Rangers. The Rangers just a couple of minutes ago here actually wrapping up a very exciting 4-3 overtime victory at home against the Anaheim Ducks. Big win for the Rangers. A night where the Stars were kind of out for the Rangers. You know, multi-point games for Adam Fox, Artemi Panarin. You get Chris Kreider scoring the uh, game-tying goal fairly late in regulation there. And he did so on the power play, which if you watch the Rangers this year, Chris Kreider scoring on the power play is nothing new at all. Happens a lot. But something that really stood out to me here and a thought that I had while watching this is that you know, the Raiders right now have the second-ranked power play of the NHL, and that's awesome, and that's all well and good and everything. But this power play, and it's the mark of a really good power play, is 
They score big-time goals when they need it the most. The Rangers don't just score garbage-time power play goals. This is a unit that has come through for the Rangers a lot this season, uh, scoring game-time goals, game-winning goals, you know, fairly late in the third period, in overtime, whatever it might be. Uh, this power play has been a huge part of the Rangers' success. Also, big shout-out for Alex Georgiev. I realize he's kind of struggled lately, and... You know, it's possible something could happen with the trade deadline less than a week away now, but uh, got to feel good for him getting his first win in quite some time for the Rangers. Going to be talking about it all on the next episode of Locked on New York Rangers. Do not miss it. Coming up, we've got more action for you. This is Locked on Now NHL. This edition of Locked on Now is brought to you by Bet Online. It's the best source for all of your online gambling needs, especially now that it's March Madness and the NBA playoffs are right around the corner. They have odds, props, Bet whatever you want to bet on. They have you covered completely. Just head over to betonline.net. Welcome back to Locked On Now NHL. I'm Kainani Stevens. Thank you for making Locked On Now your first listen every single weekday. We're going to keep things rolling here as we look around the league last night with our Locked On NHL hosts. Go around the league. The Nashville Predators used a full team effort at home to get a win over the Penguins and Locked On Predators gives you the names that helped pitch in for the win. It was a big team win for the Nashville Predators over the Pittsburgh Penguins tonight at Bridgestone Arena, earning the Predators two valuable points in the competitive Central Division and serving as a reminder that this Nashville Predators team is the real deal. Hi, everyone. I'm Ann Kimmel from Locked on Predators. The Predators defeated the Penguins tonight 4-1 to at Bridgestone Arena, and it really was a team win. The Predators had four different goal scorers, Matias Ekholm, Tanner Genot, Ellie Tolvanen, and Yakov Trenin with the empty net goal. And like I said, this was really a team win, but I want to highlight a couple players whose night was especially important. Ellie Tolvanen has done so many things well this season. He's really developed a 200-foot game, but he has struggled to score. Tonight, on a breakaway, Ellie Tolvanen found the back of the net, removing what must feel like a 200-pound boulder off of his shoulders. It was great to see him get back in the scoring column. Roman Yossi now has a career high in points, assists, and goals for his season. And it is time for people outside of Nashville to begin using his name anytime they discuss potential Norris Trophy winners. And of course, UC Saros in net had a fantastic game. He really came up big in the third period when the Pittsburgh Penguins started to push back against the Predators and had a lot of extended offensive zone time. Saros came up with key saves in the big moments, ended up with 34 of 35 saves on the game. Going into this game, many in Nashville were a little bit nervous about that third defensive pairing with Matt Benning and Mark Borowiecki both out. Ben Harper and Phil Myers stepped into the lineup and they contributed to what really was an overall team win top to bottom with this roster. This win over a loaded Pittsburgh Penguins team reiterates that Nashville really could be a threat going deep into the postseason. But first we need to sign Philip Forsberg. Goaltending was pretty much the only bright spot for the Chicago Blackhawks last night, taking on the Boston Bruins, who dominated from start to finish. Locked on Blackhawks recaps the final from the Windy City. Despite an incredible performance from Marc-Andre Fleury and net, the Blackhawks still wind up losing to the Bruins in overtime. What's up, everyone? This is Jack Bushman from Lockdown Blackhawks, and tonight, 
the Chicago Blackhawks got throttled by the Boston Bruins. Really, this could have been a 6-0, 5-0 final in favor of Boston. The only reason it wasn't was because of the remarkable performance out of Marc-Andre Fleury in net. I mean, he was on his A game from start to finish. He wound up stopping 46 of the 48 shots that he faced, including all 35 that he saw in the opening two periods. The Blackhawks had no answers for the Bruins' intensity. Boston was the much cleaner team. They actually had stuff going offensively. They were able to make plays happen in transition while the Blackhawks really just fell flat. The team in front of Flurry, it was actually a disgraceful performance. One of the worst I've seen from them over the course of the season, and that's saying something because it has been an absolute nightmare. So Flurry literally willed this team into overtime. Uh, the Blackhawks did surprisingly go on to tie the game up one to one in the third period after Boston finally managed to squeak one through Flurry. Brandon Hagel scored uh, his 21st goal of the season. That gave the Blackhawks their lone goal of the night, um, but they still wound up losing in overtime. This was actually the second meeting between these two teams within a week, the last meeting on Thursday up in Boston, the Blackhawks did put together a pretty strong effort only to get their hearts broken in the final 17 seconds. They deserve better in that game, but they definitely didn't deserve better tonight. They were lucky that this one even went to overtime. So just a, a really disappointing loss from the Chicago Blackhawks. Marc-Andre Fleury was the only reason that it wound up staying close, but the Blackhawks still wind up losing 2-1 to one to Boston in overtime. For more coverage on this disappointing performance from the Hawks, be sure to check out tomorrow's episode of Locked On Blackhawks, your team every day. The Red Wings offense did all they could to snap Detroit's losing streak on Tuesday, but seven Edmonton Oiler goals add up to the sixth straight loss. For the wings locked on red wings tells us what happened on defense for detroit wow uh the red wings struggles continue as they drop their sixth straight hockey game this time by a score of seven to five against the edmonton oilers at rogers place um i want to i'm trying really hard guys to be optimistic right now the Red Wings did put up five goals. Lucas Raymond scored a goal, assisted by Dylan Larkin, making a nice pickpocket. Uh, Zadina had a nice one-timer. Mark Stahl scored two goals in a game for the first time in his career. Um, all of this was because they mounted a successful comeback. Love to see that fight, a similar fight that they showed against the Minnesota Wild, especially after a piss-poor first period. And that seems to be the story of this losing streak is the Red Wings just continue to come out in the first period not ready to play. And it's great. It is fantastic that they battled back. It's fantastic that there were nice moments like Moritz Sider shutting down Connor McDavid. Those are things you love to see. But this team is spiraling right now. And there's just not much they can do to stop it. And it starts in the first period. If you can't start the game on the right foot, regardless of how many comebacks you're going to come come back from when you're down three to nothing you're going to lose the majority of those games and they did that tonight i love the effort i love that they didn't give up but you can't start by giving up three goals in the first five minutes of the game every single game scotty and i are going to talk about the whole thing in tonight's episode of lockdown red wings make sure you guys stay tuned the New Jersey Devils fell behind early. They lost to the Canucks, and they also lost a key player to the approaching trade deadline. That gives our Locked On Devils host a whole lot to go over. 
What's up? This is Trey Matthews of Locked On Devils, and here is my post-game reaction. So, the New Jersey Devils fell to the Vancouver Canucks by a score of 6-3. to three. Unfortunately, goaltending, uh, special teams wasn't there for the New Jersey Devils uh, this evening. Uh, offensive execution was all right at times. We competed, but unfortunately, we allowed the Vancouver Canucks to get too much of a cushion. And while this game is bad of itself... What makes it worse is that we were linked to a couple of Vancouver Canucks players uh, as the trade deadline is fast approaching. And since Zaka got hurt this game and since the New some New Jersey Devils players didn't really have the best of outings, this can really devalue uh, their overall trade worth, especially to a team like the Vancouver Canucks, a, a team that we're trying to get like Brock Besser, Connor Garland, those two uh, players onto our organization. So with this overall showing from the New Jersey Devils and them dropping this game to the Vancouver Canucks, is the first time that we've uh, lost to the Vancouver Canucks in a few years. So overall, just not a good uh, showing from the Devils, especially with the trade deadline fast approaching. They need to rebound quickly. And those uh, some of those players that are on uh, the list to potentially be traded need to step up their game if um, if Tom Fitzgerald wants to make some moves come the trade deadline. The Colorado Avalanche have some new faces on their team, but they're still continuing to win like they have all season long. This time after a victory over the Kings in LA, our hosts at Locked On Avalanche tell you all the details. Some fresh faces for the Colorado Avalanche. Well, at least one for now. Another one is on the way. And another one has left town in Tyson Jost, a fan favorite, a favorite in the locker room. He is no longer there thanks to a trade with Minnesota, but the Avs still had to take care of business on the ice. Can't let, can't let emotions get to you. And they took care of business. They are on a little West Coast trip, a three to nothing victory over the Kings. A back-to-back shutout performance for Darcy Kemper off 23 shots. And the familiar faces that stuck around showed up on the score sheet with Larry Nachushkin leading the way and the moose of Miko Rantanen finishing up for everyone else. Yeah, just uh, they went in, took care of business. A methodical one goal in the first, one goal in the second, one goal, goal in the third. We'll take our two points and we'll just move on. The Panthers dropped their first game of their West Coast road trip, but they got back on track against San Jose on Tuesday. Locked on Panthers and Sharks tell you everything you need to know from California. The Florida Panthers were in much need of a bounce back tonight as they went on their second game of this four-game West Coast swing. What is up, guys? This is Armando Velez from the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, and the Florida Panthers defeat the San Jose Sharks by a final score of 3-2 to two in overtime. And this is the second game of their season series against San Jose where they needed overtime and really dominated this game 5-on-5, five five, especially in the third period where they outshot the San Jose Sharks 16-3, to and that's really what led the Florida Panthers to their comeback. The Florida Panthers were having a hard time uh, staying out of the box where they committed five penalties in the first two periods, and the San Jose Sharks converted on one of them, but the Florida Panthers were able to get one back as Jonathan Huberdeau uh, got a shorthanded goal, and twice in the last week, Jonathan Huberdeau has been involved in getting a shorthanded goal. He had an assist last week to S2 Lusterainen, uh, for a shorthanded goal, and now he gets one as well, unassisted. Uh, Frank Vitrano, he gets two goals in this one, both off one-timers, including the game winner. So one needs to ask, does this increase Frank Vitrano's possible trade value ahead of Monday's uh, trade deadline? Spencer Knight goes 24-26, even though the first goal of the game is one that he might want back, uh, but he 
he stuck to his game and uh, really played well down the stretch as the Florida Panthers were dominating possession, helping him out on the other end. But hey, the Florida Panthers found a way to uh, to not shoot themselves in the foot late in games, and they kept their composure in this one. And that's what really led to the comeback uh, for for the Cats as they now have three out of a possible four points so far on this road trip. So listen to my recap of this. Three to two win in overtime against the San Jose Sharks. Make sure to listen to my latest recap on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Your first listen of the day. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Now NHL. I'm your host, Kainani Stevens. Thank you so much for making Locked On your first listen every single weekday. Make sure you check out Locked On NHL and your team's Locked On podcast. This has been Locked On Now.